Final segment. Let's do some miscellaneous items. We note that the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists are considering moving the hands of the Doomsday Clock, now set at seven minutes to midnight. Fascinating diagram in last Sunday's B. The uh, the first edition of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, June 1947, set the Doomsday Clock at seven minutes to midnight. Which, by the way, uh, it returned to as of March of 2002, seven minutes to midnight, after it was clear the U.S. and Soviet Union haven't scaled back their nuclear arsenals and all the terrorism threats and nuclear peril. It's sort of sad to contemplate that over a 60-year period, there was no progress made. Uh, Of course, in September of 1953, it got so bad with the U.S. and Soviet Union starting to, you know, out-mushroom cloud each other that the clock was down to two minutes to doomsday. Uh, the best it ever got was in December of 1991, when it was at 17 minutes so away from uh, zero hour. At that time, the U.S. and Soviet Union had signed a Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. That was the START Treaty back in '91. At any rate, with issues now about proliferation, North Korea, Iran, and the specter of nuclear terrorism, the atomic scientists are considering moving the hands of the clock closer to midnight. And that is not good news. We'd like to lighten things just a little bit by noting what David Letterman and Jay Leno had to say on the subject. Uh, Letterman said, Six Arab states say they want to develop nuclear technology. Yeah, I'd be worried about this if it wasn't such a stable part of the world. Said Leno, Iran said they will inflict harm and pain on the United States if we try to stop their nuclear program. Who's writing their speeches now? Mr. T? Well, I think we need some good news. And uh, I noted November 19th, the metro section of the B. This was a a good news headline. Auburn Dam returns to limbo. (laughs) Said David Whitney writing in the B. Washington Bureau, the Auburn Dam is back on life support. The dam's most ardent supporters concede that Congress's new Democratic leadership is unlikely to move forward with restoring funding for the controversial multi-billion dollar public works project. Of course, with the loss of John Doolittle's uh, political leadership in the House, uh, well, that's going to help put this back in, uh, in the deep freeze where it belongs. We wish uh, somebody could just find the silver bullet to kill this thing. In an item dating back to Election Day, but sort of lost in all the hubbub, was the following. Challenge to habitat rejected. U.S. agency correctly designated vernal pools, judge says. Denny Walsh, B staff writer, noted that uh, a U.S. district court rejected the bulk of wide-ranging legal challenges to federal designation of nearly 860,000 acres in California and Oregon as critical habitat for 15 imperiled plants and animals that depended on seasonal wetlands, also known as vernal pools, to survive. The home building industry had challenged the U.S. Fish and Wildlife's designation on four points. U.S. District Court William B. Shubb, however, ruled that the agency's work passed muster on every point, except when it did not designate as critical habitat two tracks involving ongoing public projects. One of those is the development of the new UC Merced campus, and the other is the widening of Highway 99 into Hama County. 
We're not exactly sure what this means to you, Seymour said. We'll have to follow up on that. But uh, this idea that vernal pools are some kind of joke and that, uh, you know, this is just environmentalism uh, gone wild. Uh, well, it looks as though that, uh, that position has taken a heavy body blow here. And we say not a moment too soon. I remember once hiking in the dry hills above UC Irvine and to my astonishment, finding tadpoles in a seasonal pool up on the hillside. I understand that that habitat is now wall-to-wall suburbia, and, uh, well, I'm sorry to be informed of that. In the wake of the Election Day debacle over the Maloof brothers, the arena fiasco, the effort to get uh, the Sacramento taxpaying public to fund about uh, half a billion dollars worth of uh, corporate welfare to Las Vegas casino owners, well... Part of the fallout is that opponents are looking eagerly at the possible challenge of Sacramento Mayor Heather Fargo in the future. We think that's a very good idea. And speaking of needed regime change, it appears that Fidel Castro really may be nearing the end. An interesting piece by Peter Romanov, political commentator for the Russian news and information agency Novosti, quote, having spent two weeks in Havana, I saw for myself what seemed obvious. After Fidel Castro's departure, which is not far off, Cuba is in for serious change, unquote. Wrote Romanov, it is particularly clear that socialism was just a mask in Cuba. Grandma, the official newspaper of the Cuban Communist Party, mentions the word on rare occasions to say nothing of Marxist-Leninist classics. In the two weeks that Romanov was there, he said he did not see a single portrait of Lenin or Marx though he didn't set himself on a special task of finding one. This correspondent will be shortly making a trip to Nicaragua, the old ally of Castro's Cuba, now run by the ex-Sandinista Daniel Ortega once again, and we'll see if we have some insights to share from our Latin America trip with you. To change the subject rather dramatically, we would note that the University of Southern California is now vying for the... Uh, <laughs> the the college championship, which is made up uh, of voting members who decide which team they think could beat other teams, is kind of like a glorified version of, uh, of like stratomatic baseball applied to football, only uh, people take it very seriously. The Cal Bears, we would note here at UCD, of, of, our, uh, of our big brother campus, as it were, UC Berkeley, went down to defeat to the, at the hands of the USC Trojans a couple weeks back. We don't care a great deal about, about such things, but we would like to note, speaking on behalf of, of the Cal Bears, that um, uh, UC, UCB did have a slight disadvantage uh, in the fact that you know their football players pretty much are required to be able to read and write. We hear they have been tightening up standards at USC just a bit, though. They now have refused to award a student an athletic letter unless he's able to actually identify the letter. Of course, we hear they they do it by multiple choice, so I don't know. All right, let's close with a couple items from New Scientist magazine. They did note a couple weeks back that apparently ancient Greek hairdressers could teach us a thing or two about nanotechnology. The magazine noted that when hair is dyed using a lead-based dye that was popular 2,000 years ago, that would be crystals of lead sulfide, the lead sulfide uh, forms five nanometer crystals inside the microstructure of the hair fibers. Now, my understanding of lead sulfide is that it is the mineral galena, which is, uh, you know, any rock collector can recall, has kind of a dull 
gray color, which I suppose if you grind it up, it can form crystals inside your hair. That very dark gray will mask the light gray of your gray hair. Apparently this has some application in nanotechnology, but I don't really care about that. What I'm curious about is the fact that if you buy Grecian formula, which is a very popular over-the-counter hair coloring agent, which sort of gradually relieves the gray by darkening your, your natural color, are we actually putting lead sulfide in your hair? A friend of mine who studies lead toxicity claims that you do. And uh, I got to tell you, more research is needed on this. I think this will be of interest to all people who have noticed a preponderance of gray in their hair, such as yours truly. Final item of the program. According to the German Medical Dictionary, Pischtrembei, the Steinlaus, Stonelaus in English, is a rodent-like mite. And according to this German Medical Dictionary, it can be used to break down bladder, gallbladder, and kidney stones. Research into it has progressed rapidly since it was first listed in 1983, and homeopaths have adopted it as a remedy. Now, if you're saying, wait a minute, a rodent-like mite? (laughs) Sounds pretty unlikely. Well, yeah, that's because the Steinlaus doesn't really exist. The Steinlaus may be an inside joke, but it serves the function of protecting copyrights. Dictionary editors face a problem protecting their work. They invest hugely in compiling lists of facts, which are then easily copied, especially from digital editions. Copyright does not apply to facts, only to the way they are assembled or expressed. And a fictitious entry is the perfect way to detect large-scale unauthorized copying of such a collection. If it turns up in someone else's dictionary, that's strong evidence of plagiarism. In 2005, the editors of the New Oxford American Dictionary, for example, defined esquivalience as the willful avoidance of one's official responsibilities. The editors noted they concocted this word, deliberately badly formed, because they were, quote, trying to make a word that could not arise in nature, unquote. But apparently subsequent searches through Google turned up the phrase esquivalience in the Oval Office 112 times. New scientists note that even if used for comedic effect, such an expression is likely to result in the word escaping into the wild. That's it for the program. This show is produced, as they all are, by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. This has been Radio Parallax. I think we'll close today's show uh, in looking back upon that issue of nuclear proliferation with uh, who else? The efforts of Tom Lear. First we got the bomb and that was good Cause we love peace and motherhood Then Russia got the bomb but that's okay Cause the balance of powers maintained that way Who's next? France got the bomb but don't you grieve Cause they're on our side, I believe China got the bomb but have no fears They can't wipe us out for at least five years Who's next? Then Indonesia claimed that they were gonna get one any day South Africa wants two, that's right One for the black and one for the white Who's next? Egypt's gonna get one too Just to use on
and you know who. So Israel's getting tense, wants one in self-defense. The Lord's our shepherd, says the psalm, but just in case, we better get a bomb. <laughs> Who's the next? Luxembourg is next to go And who knows, maybe Monaco We'll try to stay serene and calm When Alabama gets the bomb Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next?